Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, welcome to Next CLT's 2024 podcast. Hey, our mantra and theme this year is Soar in 24. Soar in 24. So today we have the incredible Taylor Red. She is founder, owner, and creator of Red Rose Vodka. Hey, by the way, Taylor, I, I bought a bottle of Red Rose Vodka for Dwayne. <laughs> you know, uh, get ready for an insightful conversation as we dive into the topic of a black woman bringing a vodka to the spirits market. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you for having me, Eric. I am super excited to chat with you guys today. All right. Hey, Taylor, you know, tell me about your business and what value you, you're bringing to your customers. Tell me a little bit about Red Rose Vodka. So Red Rose began um, 2018. Um, it stemmed from an idea that I, I was wondering if I could create my own liquor brand. I've been in the industry. It'll be 11 years. I've been a mixologist. Um, and one thing I realized is that women have a lack of representation in this industry. So because of that, I decided to create my own brand, but I really what didn't know what I was doing it for, but I just knew I needed to create the brand. Um, and upon my grandmother's passing is when the story finally came to me. Um, my grandmother created a safe space for women. And if I'm going to be in the spirits industry, let me create that same safe space for them. So Red Rose was inspired by my, my grandmother, Rose Red. Wow, that's that's a beautiful story. We've talked on several occasions and the spirits industry, you talk about women, but there's a gap for black women in, in particular, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So women make up less than 2% of the spirits industry and then black women make up less than 1% of the spirits industry. Yeah. But you know, that spirits industry though is a $427 billion industry globally. And yes. in the U.S. it's about a, almost $80 billion. Right. Correct. So it's yes. it's a huge industry. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. And for us to make up such a small portion of that, I, ha I have to be that driving force that says we need to change this. So that helped you create a spirit for women and business. I, let me say this. I tasted that vodka. You know, <laughs> I know you made it for women, but I, I love it. It's smooth. And, you know, I told Dwayne. <laughs> Hey, how smooth it is. And so, you know, he'll get a chance to sample it. You Absolutely. Know, you know, when you think about it and you in this space of spirits, mm -hmm. you participated in Next CLT's Business Accelerator. Mm -hmm. What has been the biggest benefit to you and your organization? What did you learn? How have you applied what you've learned to your business? Let's start from the beginning. So I've started Red Rose on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> um, I started with my own funding. I started just me. I just knew I wanted to create a brand. In idea, I only had, I just want to see it on in one store. I just want to see it behind one bar. I never really had an open mind to seeing it nationally. 
fast forward to where we are now and going through the next CLT program, it has been a driving factor and the way that I maneuver and the way that I operate as a CEO. So prior to next CLT, I kept my head down um, and I did the work. But now since next CLT, I have really strategically placed the right people in the right position so that Red Rose can keep growing. Um, one thing that I've definitely learned from Next is that we have to speak up and say that we need help. And I needed help really bad. And talking to Keisha and Michelle, they opened my mind to bigger and better. Even creating job descriptions. I've never created a job description. I've only read job descriptions to apply for a job. So creating those job descriptions and really looking outside the box and saying, I need to hire for this position. This is what this position looks like. This is the salary and this is how we move forward has been an absolute game changer. And then I would love to brag about my mentor. Um, I was partnered with a really amazing mentor. He too has also opened my mind to bigger and better opportunities. So Next DLC has been amazing and where Red Rose is going. Hey, do you mind telling us what's your name of your mentor? <laughs> I don't want anybody else to take him. Um, his name is Cedric Thomas. Yeah. He is unavailable for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. He works for WSOC, um, the news station, and he's great at numbers, and we have figured some stuff out. So he is absolutely amazing. Wow. Well, that's great. That's great. What's your long-term vision for Red Rose Vodka, and how do you plan to achieve it? So long-term vision for Red Rose is to become the national household name, and then from there it is to go global. So I have been positioning. Um, right now we are national per se, so I am positioning to go global and what that looks like to export outside of the U.S. It will be a household name. Um, and then outside of that, I also want to create another brand. And I'm working on that in the background. Um, but then in honor of my grandmother, I want to create a nonprofit, Red's House, to create a safe space for women like myself who have dreams and ideas of being more than the current circumstances. So Red Rose will be a household name. It will be a global brand all over the world. Um, that is our ultimate goal. Now, do you have a timeline goal for that? And then what's your priorities for 2024 to make that happen, you think? I don't have a timeline. I don't necessarily put timeline on things only because I get discouraged when I don't meet that deadline. The spirits industry is a beast within itself. It mm -hmm. just is. And it's not made for people like me, women, who want to come in and be a part of and take a piece of the pie. It's not made for us. So I'm not putting a timeline on it, but I know that where I'm going, where we're transitioning to, and the team that I have, we are going to be very scalable. Um, and we are working diligently to make sure that Red Rose is known, Red Rose is in the right places, um, and people are talking about Red Rose. Okay, okay. So you're not trying to box yourself in in an industry that's growing, but not growing with w women in mind in that growth, right? But you're creating that your own lane, so to speak. Correct, yes. Right? I want to say 
in my lane. I want to stay right here. If it takes us 10 years, it takes us 10 years. It is what it is. But I don't want to say we can do it in four because maybe we can do it in four. What I had, what I will say is what I had planned out in five years, I've already did that. I did that in three years. So the way that we're moving, we, I know that we're going to master a lot of things, but I don't necessarily have a time frame of what that looks like. Okay. I don't want to box that in, no. All right. Got it. Got it. You've been part of other entrepreneur support initiatives. What would mm -hmm. you say differentiates Next CLT from others? Next CLT turned me into a CEO. I have been an employee of my own company and I had to realize that I had to swallow that pill. You are the employee in your own company. Next CLT made me the CEO. I'm delegating. I'm I'm delegating. Uh, if if I had to, Keisha was like, if you don't want to do it, find somebody to do it. So that's what I've been doing. Like, I don't like doing paperwork. So I find somebody that does compliance. I don't like to do contracts. So I found somebody that does contracts. Like, so I've been delegating. Next CLT has brought that out of me. Whereas um, I'm further along in my journey than I would say you're... I don't want to say average startup, but I'm a little bit further along. I'm in distribution. I'm working with the state. I have um, permits and all like I'm a little bit further along. So next DLT came at the perfect time. Um, whereas some of the other cohorts that I've been in are more of a startup phase, just getting an idea going. Um, do you have like a business plan and beginning steps? I'm past that phase. So next CLT came at the perfect time to turn me into a CEO instead of being an employee of my own company. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. In your observation, mm -hmm. what are the most common misconceptions about your business? The biggest misconception is that I am selling this liquor out of my garage. I'm not. I don't even, I don't touch my own products. That's the biggest misconception um, is that I have bottles of liquor in my closet, I guess, per se. <laughs> my product is not in my home. My product is not in my hands. I go to the liquor store and buy my product the same way everybody else does. So I get a lot of people who reach out and say, hey, I would love to get a bottle from you. Well, I, I don't have them. They're at the liquor store. But when I say that, they take it as offensive. Like, oh, so you just want me to go to the Yes, I want you to go to the liquor store and get it because I don't have it. I'm not, even on the, with the online sales, hey, do you have my tracking number? No, because the product doesn't come from me. I'm not putting it in the mailbox. It's not me. So the biggest misconception is because people are able to touch me, I guess, is or reach out to me and I'm responding. Um, people assume that it's me sending them the product or I could just, you know, come to your come meet you somewhere and give you a bottle. I don't have my own product. I go to a liquor store and pay thirty dollars just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I remember you and I had a conversation. I say, hey, Taylor, I'd like to get some samples. I wanted to do something. And, mm -hmm. we, and we talked about it. So thanks for clarifying that because, again, in business, and then you talked about compliance and having somebody who take care of compliance. In the spirits mm -hmm. industry, there are a lot of compliances that you have to kind of like follow and guidelines that, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't follow those, it actually then could be detrimental to your business and the trajectory that you're trying to do moving into a global space, right? 
Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, liquor industry has a lot of red tape, a yeah. lot of red tape, or I should say everybody's favorite word, red flags. The liquor industry is a big red flag. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of compliance. There's a lot of things, even on social media. We can only do so much like on TikTok. There's only so much that we can do on TikTok because of the, the liquor laws. And then um, on Instagram, there's only so much we can do because of the age bracket on Instagram. There's so many compliance rules. And if we break any of those rules, we'll get fined. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of red tape. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing. You know, you talked about your grandmother and the fact that that was the impetus for you doing business and starting Red Rose. And then you talked about, you know, doing a nonprofit in her name to kind of like, mm -hmm. so that for women who uh, actually have an idea and want to move forward with it. As mm -hmm. a businesswoman, you face many barriers and challenges. What are some of the ones you faced or continue to face in building your business? Because it never stops, right? So some of it mm -hmm. you've, you faced and then you're still facing some of those. What are some of those? The biggest challenge I faced is one that I just said and you piggybacked off of. So Red Rose was created for women, but you're a man and you like Red Rose. That's one of my biggest challenges is how do I incorporate men? Because liquor is not just for a specific demographic. It's, it's for anybody who drinks liquor in reality. But when I do have the conversations with men who do like Red Rose, it's a different conversation than if I was talking to a woman. So all day I say, Red Rose is for women, Red Rose for women, Red Rose for women, but Red Rose is really for all. Red Rose is made by women for women, but be to be enjoyed by all. So that's one thing that I, that's a hurdle that I am, I am working through. How do I bring men into a flavored vodka? Because one thing I've learned in the industry is that men actually like, there are men that like sweet cocktails. They do, but they don't ask for them because they feel like they're going to be joked about or, or somebody's going to say something to them. It's okay to have a sweet cocktail. It's fine. A cocktail is a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. And a cocktail shouldn't define your manhood. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one that's one thing that I um I have men that reach out to me on Instagram like I know you I know women 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 but I enjoy red rose. So what about me? It's like a me too movement for red rose and men. So <laughs> I'm to figure out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working through that daily. Yeah. So that's one thing and then another thing is that we are a newer brand. Um, people know about us, but people aren't so much aware that they're fully asking for us. They are talking about us. They are enjoying Red Rose. Red Rose is in bar and restaurants. It is moving. But how do we get it to a point where you don't even think about it? You're at the bar and you're like, let me get Red Rose instead of saying, let me get another brand in soda or another brand in this or whatever the case may be. How do we get people to the point where it's they don't even think about it. They're just like, yeah, let me get Red Rose off the shelf. So um, that's one. And then the other thing is salespeople, people who want to sell Red Rose, people who want to work. It's weird. People don't want to work. I love working, so I don't understand why people don't want to work. But that's another thing that we are facing on a daily basis. So that's where we are. Okay. What do you think sets you apart and your company apart from its competitors? 
I would say the story, because if I named three different brands right now and asked you what the story is about that brand, where it's came from, where it's made from, who owns it, I can guarantee you wouldn't be able to tell me who it is. And I'm not insulting your intelligence. I'm just saying that's just that's just how it is. I couldn't tell you. So it's our story. It's the fact that there is a real human behind the brand. A lot of these brands are just corporations pumping out liquor. They have good they have good promotion. They've been in business for years. They have the capital for marketing. They have all the things aligned. Um, they're pumping out, for instance, there's one brand in, just in Mecklenburg alone, Mecklenburg County alone, that pumps out 60,000 cases a month. So it's how do we get to that point? Taylor, you talked about you know, another company doing about 60,000 cases a month. And, you know, you started this in 2018. You had an idea. You went from idea generation to implementation of the idea. And by the way, you talked about having distribution. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give to someone aspiring to be an entrepreneur and a CEO? Because now that you think like a CEO, what advice would you give somebody who's getting ready to start up in that space? If you're going to do it, do it. Like, don't halfway do it. Don't pretend to do it. Don't second guess. Don't discourage. Don't ask your homegirl if you should do it. Don't ask your homeboy. If it's been laid on your heart, just do it. If I would have listened to people who, in the very beginning, who were like, no, go buy a house, go do this. Uh, When I tell you I worked 12 jobs to make Red Rose happen, I worked 12 jobs. I started Red Rose in 2018. I didn't sell my first bottle until 2020. That's two years of no income. But I worked multiple jobs to make sure that we could get Red Rose on shelves. And then in 2020, what happened? We went into a pandemic. How am I supposed to make sales? And I'm a brand new brand in the marketplace. I had to pivot. You just have to, you have to go with the flow. You have to, what's on your heart, just do that. Don't listen to your friends. Don't listen to anybody else. Just listen to what's on your heart and you have to stick to that. And then build a business that's scalable. Build a business that you have a team that's working for you. If I want to take a nap during the day, I know that my team are handling whatever the case, whatever is going on. My company is running itself. So get to a point where it's not a job for you. It's it's me showing up for myself every day. But if you're going to do it, really do it and go all in with it. And don't ask anybody for their opinion. Thank you for sharing that as a CEO. Now, let's break that down in a think about it from just women who are actually so it translates to both men and women in that space right mm-hmm. but what are two pieces of advice you can share that will uplift other women entrepreneurs that would help them because we talked about barriers and what you said covers both men and women but speaking specifically to women in that space what are two pieces mm-hmm. of advice that you would share with them As women, we carry a lot of weight on our shoulders. We do. For me, myself, I'm a mom. I have two kids. Um, I'm building Red Rose. I also um, bartend. And then I am, I'm not married or anything. So I'm taking care of everything myself. So outside of life, I'm still running Red Rose. Um, And then in some instances, there's no more options to go back to work, you know? 
All I know in my head is that I have to keep moving forward. You have to believe in your business so much that nothing is going to stop you from reaching what your goal is. That's one piece of advice. And then the other piece of advice is stop beating yourself up. Stop. Because whatever needs to get done in your business, if it doesn't get done today, it will get done tomorrow, it will get done the next day. If you can't delegate, just carve out time. You don't have to work on your business all day long. Sometimes it can be redundant and things may look great on the outside. Um, People tell me all the time, you're doing so well, you're doing so well, but you don't see the tears I cry at night because I'm like, oh my goodness, how are we paying the electric bill this month? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just making sure that you stay the course. You have to believe in the course so bad that you are going to make it to whatever the other end looks like, regardless of all of the things that happen in between now and then. You know, Taylor, I appreciate your candor, your honesty, and your sharing from a place of just comfort and just truth and, you know, honesty. So really appreciate that. Absolutely. When you think of your organization and you think about other organizations in the city, how does your organization keep up with changes and trends and mm-hmm. strategies? How do you, you know, handle that to keep ahead mm-hmm. of the curve as you navigate this as a mother, as a businesswoman, as a person who's mm-hmm. working to live her dream and see mm-hmm. her dream become a legacy for her family? I'll be honest with you. We, we don't keep up with that stuff. We stay in our lane like this. This is our lane and we're sticking to that. I couldn't tell you what's going on in Charlotte, which is shame on me, but I'm so focused on Red Rose right now. I couldn't tell you what's going on. As far as like trends and things like that, everything is always trending. So my thing is, as long as people are talking about Red Rose, we're trending. So what do I have to do today to make sure somebody is talking about Red Rose? I went into the liquor store and I was fixing the bottles on the shelf. A girl came over and was like, what's that? And I told her about it and she bought a bottle. So everything is always trending, but I don't necessarily, I couldn't tell you what's going on. I stay in my lane. I keep my head down and I do the work and I make sure the work is, um, the work is working. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to say. I keep my head down, make sure that the work is working. I don't necessarily focus on the outside things, the outside noise. Okay. Again, thanks for the candor and honesty. You know, when you think about the next and next CLT and then taking the next step and moving things forward, why mm-hmm. is next CLT important for entrepreneurs in the city and the county? Next CLT is important because if you're anything like me and you want to turn your company into a company and not a side hustle, you need to you need to be in the program. If you want to take your business to the next level, you have to be in the program. Because of Next CLT, I really 
I had people working for me prior to, but I really hired a CFO to really focus on our financials and make sure that we are scaling. I hired a salesperson to really make sure that we are moving product in the marketplace. I hired a marketing person to make sure that we are touching the right people on social media. I mean, Next CLT has really opened my mind to bigger and better. And then on top of that, it's a community. The women I was in the cohort with, I talk to them all the time. <laughs> All the time. And if we are, if we're not connecting, um, having dinner together, we are um, connecting one another to another business or to a specific group of people or something like we are very connected. It's like a sisterhood. It's a community. Um, And I couldn't ask for, I couldn't ask for better. Taylor, you know, thank you so very much for taking the time to meet with me, have this candid discussion. I appreciate you. Know that I'm always here to help support you. I'll give you the last word in this space. I would say, if I had to say anything, I would say join Next CLT. (laughs) I would say call Eric, join Next CLT. And if you are ready to take your business to the next level, if you are ready for some real mentorship, some real work to get you to the next level, I would absolutely say join Next CLT. Thank you.